So I have the good fortune of being the facilitator for this panel of people who are gonna talk about um, how they intentionally remove themselves from the company of others to be with God. So if you can introduce yourselves. My name is Justin Jepson. Hello, my name is Emily Harv. And I'm Paul Bradley. So these three brave people are gonna talk about their practices. And one of the things that we really wanna emphasize this morning is that there is not a textbook version of what it means to practice solitude. And so the goal is for them to, to talk about practices. But first, how did you start and why did you start practicing solitude? Uh, well, for me, um, I remember growing up um, through my high school years going to youth group, you hear about this thing called time alone with God or TOG. You know, I used to have a little, little sign on my door of my room that, you know, have I had my TOG time yet? And for me, it started off like this checklist, like this is something I'm just supposed to do. But once I'd sit down and like, okay, I'm alone with God, like I didn't have any idea of like, what do I do now? And so it's, it's really, it's changed from something that's become uh, a, a duty, something I check off the list, something I'm supposed to do because I'm, that's what a good Christian should do, to really um, uh, entering into almost a, a holy curiosity of looking through the life of Christ and the Gospels of how he would be intentional about waking up early while it's still dark and go to a lonely, desolate place to be with God and think, what, what does that time look like? And, and to recognize that because I've been united with Christ, I, I can actually join in on that time. And, and so for me, it, it became a time where uh, it transferred from doing stuff like I was doing something for God, like I was reading my Bible for God, I was praying because this was something I'm supposed to do for him, to just simply being with him. And, and just uh, some of the practical things that I've done is just is starting a journal and just writing out a prayer to God, um, spending some time in the scripture and just asking the question, how has God revealed to me in this text? And just talk to him about it. Like, just simply, you know, God, it's so cool that you are. And, um, and then it's time for me just to pour out my heart. And, um, and it's become a time for me what, that it's been less about me speaking and more about me listening and cultivating that time to just be with and say, Jesus, what do you have for me? And to ask him questions and, and he will respond and speak through the word and speak through promptings of his spirit. Amen. Oh. That's so good, amen. So for me, um, I grew up in a church and stuff, but it was when I was like 16 that the Lord encountered me with his love um, and showed me who he is and showed me that he's actually a person. He's not this mystic being. He's actually in me. He's closer than a whisper. He's closer than a breath. Um, and that love encounter drew me to spending time alone with his heart because um, I wanted to like delve in to who he actually is, to who his actual character is, to, to what he's like. I wanted to know his heart. I wanted to know his voice. I wanted to know how he thought. I wanted to know his thoughts about me. Um, and so, yeah, when I was like 16, I really started pressing into that. And it was weird because I didn't really know how because I didn't really have people to like to lead me into what intimacy with the Lord looked like. I had people who would like read the Bible and stuff like that, but what does intimacy with the Lord look like? What does intimacy with his heart look like? Um, and that was something that the Holy Spirit had to really help me um, learn and process. And it was a beautiful journey. And like, yeah, it's been amazing. Like over, over the past couple years, just like he's constantly releasing new things in my secret place. 
Um, so, and we'll talk about that later, but I guess that's a little bit how like, that started, praise God. This is really interesting to reflect on what's about 44 years of my life. So it all started when I was five where God captured my heart. So similar to you, all of a sudden I was captivated by the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of God through the Holy Spirit where I had no choice in the matter actually. So that's my version mm. where God grabbed me and the rest is history. And good thing, because all along the way, I needed this with God, because I went through two years of hellish depression, dark days, anxiety, fear, quite the, quite the journey. But in the midst of it all, I had this deep, close love relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful that God Almighty came in and grabbed me like that at an early age, because I went, I went about, I would say, 10 to 15 years of a really rough life. But at the center of it all, God provided that, that space for me anywhere, anytime, where I could talk to him, I could rest in his presence, I could simply be. Throughout the day, throughout the night, there'd be so many nights of incredible fear and then in the morning waking up with just this dread, this horrible dread, and fortunately I had very loving parents that helped me through that. So especially a season in seventh, seventh and eighth grade where it was every day. So those of you that struggle with depression, just know that God loves you, that he's pursuing you, he's taking care of you, and that you can press into the Lord and, and he's gonna hold on to you no matter what, and that, that was my, my story. So I needed solitude. Again, I had no, no choice. God captivated me, and then when I was going through a difficult season, I needed that solitude. And that's what really sealed the deal, to where I cannot do life without solitude, without entering into the presence of the Lord on a regular basis. If I don't do that, I don't know how to live. If I don't do that, I revert back to anxiety and fear and I don't even know what to do, because this, this life is way too overwhelming with me trying to do it. So it really is a regular practice for me. Okay, I'm gonna say something else quick too. So um, I am extremely extroverted too, and so like, no, <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, it's not really natural for me to want to spend a lot of time alone, um, but so a couple years ago when the Lord encountered me with his love, hallelujah, um, I literally like needed to be alone. And it's not because I was like by myself, it's because every time that I'm alone, I'm communing with his heart. Like I'm alone, I'm resting with his presence. And that's now something that I need. Um, so maybe on the Myers-Briggs, I'll like appear more introverted now, but like, it's just interesting that like, that's for everyone. It's not just for certain introspective people, it's for everyone, um, you know, and that manifests in different ways. But yeah, anyway. And you bring up a good point that it, it really is, everybody finds their own pathway. And when we try to become a carbon copy, which um, that was part of my story when I first started to practice solitude, you know, I read about it and then I thought, okay, this is the way you do it. And it was a disaster. Uh, I found every shiny thing to call me back to, I mean, good things and practical things that um, would, draw me out of a time with God to uh, efficiency, and I could do two things at one time. 
so it, it was a struggle. So what I'd like for you to share now are what, what have been some of the challenges? I mean, you've all talked about really a friendship with God, mm -hmm. um, not this kind of nebulous relationship, but a, a, but a friendship with a God that loves you and that you don't have to look far to pursue because he's right there. So um, talk about difficult challenges with. Um, well, I, along with Emily, I'm a, I'm a huge extrovert as well. So I just have to say that, you know, the practicing solitude is less about personality and it's more about priority. And um, for me, it's, uh, it's finding what the, what the pathway is within my specific season of life. Uh, so, for instance, you know, when you're in college, I remember when I was in college, I, I mean, I was the yes guy. I said yes to everything. Like, I was just busy, 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 busy. I did not like being alone. Um, I was involved in everything and anything that I could. And so, for me, it was just, you know, I think busyness is always going to be an enemy of intimacy. Um, but it was finding time um, ahead of time. Of, of, okay, here's my schedule, here are all my meeting times that I'm planning out, that I'm writing down, that I'm marking down on my phone. Oh, am I doing that with the Lord? And, and so the, the barriers of, um, for me, honestly, I'm a people pleaser as well. So I, I needed to um, say yes to God first in order to say no to other people. And I hated saying no. And uh, for me, right now in my own season, we have an infant, an infant at home. And it's been extremely difficult. Um, at times, uh, most days it is, and to, to accept the season to say the Lord has a pathway in this season for me to practice intimacy, for me to practice solitude, and the, the way I could put it is that I, I'm trying to build solitude sidewalks along common footpaths in my life, so I'm saying what am I already doing today, and what is the Lord's invitation, what I'm doing so that I can do it with him, and, and so whether that's driving in your car, whether that's walking to class, whether it's me trying to rock my son to sleep. Um, there's a moment there, there's an invitation there to respond to. So it's discerning, spending the time just to pause, listen, and discern what that is. That's really good. Um, you guys are so awesome. Yeah, so um, for me, I think one of the biggest things that I have um, really had to experience victory in, and that's something I'm still achieving victory in, um, Thank you, God, that we never have to stay struggling in anything. We always get to declare victory and step into victory with him. Um, but for me, it's like the thought realm because um, a lot of times in the past, I would um, go to the secret place and then my thoughts would start coming, or emotions. Emotions would start coming up like, well, like, do you feel God right now? Like feeling, you do feel God. Like, okay, well, God is not a feeling. He's a person, you know? Um, and the Lord gave me a revelation one time. I was in the car and... Um, and yeah, like I looked to the side of me and I was like, okay, I know Jesus is sitting there. Now, depending on if he's like touching me or not, like that doesn't change the fact that he's there, you know? Um, and so that's something I really had to conquer and be like, okay, God's not a feeling. And if it was just like every time I spent time with him, it would be feelings, then I'd be trusting on feelings and it would be um, encounters of feelings instead of encounters by the presence of Jesus. Um, and so, that's something that was really big for me that I had to really um, just declare victory over and press in with the Lord in victory over that. Um, and then also just like thoughts and silencing, silencing thoughts that are not true. Um, so being in the secret place and then thoughts coming up like, well, is God actually speaking to you? Like, does God speak? And it's like, um, no. Um, yeah. And so then 
Again, there's an invitation for victory, though, because then we get to rise with the Lord and say, no, I know what's the truth. I'm going to speak what's the truth. Um, one of my, this amazing thing my dad told me one time, and this was, like, life-changing for me. He literally said, he was like, um, Emily, sometimes you, um, you do what you know is right. You declare what you know is right. You speak what you know is right, and your feelings will follow. Your feelings will come after. They always will follow. Um, but it's not being feeling-dependent. It's being dependent on the person of Jesus. So um, I think that's one of the really big things for me. And I received a big breakthrough in that that I'll probably talk about later, but yeah. So when I think about challenges, I'm thinking of many things, but I'll mention two. One is that my own flesh does not want solitude. So the Holy Spirit within tells my new nature to draw near to God. My flesh doesn't want that because God is a consuming fire and God is wanting to burn up my flesh and eradicate the sin that's living in me. So of course, the sin living in me is gonna do everything it can to try to keep me from pressing in and getting closer to God. So the flesh is gonna say, no, you don't wanna do that, you wanna get away from God. And so hence the battle, and for me, it's an intense battle. So even though I had mentioned that early on in my life, God captivated me with his love, that doesn't mean that I am all there in really wanting it, because half of me does not want it at all. So every day I'm in this conflict, it's Romans 7, where Paul says, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. That's our existence as believers. Every day we're schizophrenic. So I have to constantly battle the flesh and the flesh is constantly trying to create distractions and trying to hook into all the things that would keep me from pressing into the Lord. But praise God, the Holy Spirit within overcomes that every time, but it still is, it's hard. The other thing is that, by and large, most of the environments in this world also are against solitude with God. And for me especially, because I'm extremely environmentally sensitive, I'm a huge discerner type. I have sensors that are constantly picking up on vibes and what's going on in the soul realm and the Holy Spirit realm. And so most of the places that I'm in, there's chaos, there's noise going on in the invisible world. There's uh, just a lot of clutter. There's a lot of just oppression. It's all of what this world is about. The culture is trying to, to uh, bring about what it thinks is freedom and in actuality it's bondage and I feel that all the time. So that's why I don't like most of the environments and there's a big part of me, a growing part of me that's saying, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus and save us from this mess that we're in. And it's just getting more and more difficult to be in this world right now. So it is, it's tough to find those spaces that are the oases of uh, life in the, in the kingdom realm and where the presence of God is powerful in a way that provides peace and true rest and Sabbath. So it's, it's been difficult even, and the older I get, the more difficult it is to find those spaces in time. Uh, so it's quite, quite a challenge to to find solitude these days. I wanna make sure that before we um, leave this room that we've provided you with some practical ways to, to engage in solitude. And so what I would like for you to share now are, what, is, what does this look like for you? Um, you know, Justin, you talked about sidewalks from pathways. Is that what you said? 
building sidewalks up along common footpaths. I love that language because it, it, it screams practicality. So in the, in the time that we have remaining, share what, what this looks like on a day-to-day -day for you and how it might change with seasons. Um, you've shared a little bit, but. Um, a rhythm that I've tried to follow, um, and again, tried to follow, meaning that I fail all the time, and this is just, I'm a mess, I'm a work in progress, but I'm Jesus' mess, so I'm thankful that he's not finished with, with me or with any of you yet, but um, is that I try to, um, with, at the, the risk of sounding trite or cute, it's not meant to be, but it just helps me remember it, um, I try to divert daily, so I try to take time away each day, and for me, I try to prioritize time in the morning, and that's just spending time just soaking in the word, not trying to read through a certain time, but just prayerfully reading the scriptures, which I could say a whole lot more about. But um, And then I try to withdraw weekly. So take some an extended time each week for sometimes it's just a couple hours, sometimes it's a half day, and then abandon annually. And so to try to take one section of time, whether that's a couple days, whether it's a weekend or a week vacation, and I just get out and get away. And for me, I try to make that a priority to get out of town um, in a way to practice solitude. So to divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. Okay, so um, for me, something the Lord's really showing me is what lifestyle abiding looks like. Um, because actually, like, he invites us to live in Sabbath rest constantly, and that's where my soul can rest 100% of the time. Um, there's an invitation for so much victory there. Um, amen. And that's something that the Lord's really given me revelation on, that actually we can walk every step of our day at every moment with our soul 100% at rest. Stress and anxiety are not supposed to be here. They're not the norm. They're not from the Lord. Um, and that's something that is actually an invitation to walk in victory over um, and partner with the Lord in receiving victory from. Um, yeah, and so... For me, a lot of it is about um, Sabbath living and constantly knowing that I'm walking in the Sabbath. Um, and then in my specific times where I withdraw with the Lord, I do a couple things. Um, sometimes I just like to lay. I just lay with him and I just hear what he has to say. I say, Lord, um, what do you want to like dream about with me? And I just let myself dream. I let myself dream with the Lord. Um, and then I write it down because I think that's important that when he's giving you things to write it down, even if it just feels like you. Someone once told me, um, the Lord's voice sounds really familiar because he's so close to your heart. He's closer than skin. He's closer than breath. Um, and so realizing that his voice is actually really familiar and then um, trusting that he speaks, trusting that he speaks to each one of you here, trusting that he speaks to me. Um, the trust that we demonstrate, he really honors and he really... He really um, blesses. So, yeah, I lay. I'll, um, I also worship dance with flags, which is super awesome. Praise God. Um, yeah. It's so fun. If you ever want worship flags, I can hook you up. It's super good. Um, Emily, you yeah. mentioned something when yeah. we were in back. You know, I mean, the, the awareness that you, most of you, if you live on campus, you have roommates. So how do you practice solitude when you have roommates? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. So honestly, I go to my car. Okay, like cars are amazing. I love my car so much. So I'll literally just like go to my car and like find like weird parking lots and stuff. Like sometimes you might find me like in the commuter lot, like sitting on top of my car. Like I'm not kidding, like that's what I do. It's 
awesome. Like, actually, the community life is, like, so amazing to spend time with the Lord in. Um, and, yeah, like, I'll just, like, sit in my car and just, like, lay with the Lord. Or I'll just go to random parking lots and just, like, sit in my car and just talk to him really honestly, too. I think that's a really big thing, too, that we don't have to come to God, like, politically correct. Um, like, a lot of my conversations with God are, like, not, like, cute. Like, I'm like, God, what the heck? And he's like, <laughs> but, like... And he, like, gets it, and he wants our 100% authenticity and vulnerability. And that's when he can speak, because when we speak, when we speak the thoughts that are in our minds, when we speak those weird, twisted thoughts and put words to them, then the Holy Spirit can actually breathe on them and bring revelation of truth and actual perspective right there. So, so. what I hear, the theme is intentionality. Mm -hmm. That's good. That there's, this doesn't just happen haphazardly. There is intentionality, and that there's variety. Um, yeah. Did you want to add something, Paul? So what I came to realize uh, early on in life and was reminded of this by David Johnson, pastor at Open Door, is that our job is mainly to give space for God, to prepare the way of the Lord as Isaiah talks about, and then God does everything else. So our part is simply making room. So it's not that we need more of God, he needs more of us. So we make space for God in our hearts, we make space for God in our time, and we make space for God in the physical locations that we're in and around. So for me then, it really is looking throughout any given day, those pockets of time. So I start the morning entering into solitude with the scripture and I end the day before I go to bed with the same. And then along the way, I'll look for even five minutes to be able to pull away and check in with God. So it's like Paul says, you pray without ceasing. So it's all the time. And then I also create some physical locations like the car, I love my car too. And then also at my house, I have a prayer room. And then here on campus, the prayer room in the Billy or other prayer rooms or the, the lake or different places where the environment is conducive to encountering God. Um, and then God has also led me to fast regularly. And I don't say that to brag in any way, but just to serve as a model uh, of fasting once a week and using that time to also enter into solitude of intentionally putting away something I love a lot, which is food, and being able to say no to the food and say yes to God in a very tangible, practical way. Well, the time always goes much more quickly, um, so I'm gonna, I would like to close this in prayer. Lord, I'm grateful that we can come together in community and talk about the ways that we encounter you Lord, I'm grateful for the way that Adam drew our attention uh, this morning to the lyrics about leaning back and just breathing, the most normal thing that we can do, but in your presence, even breath is life-giving in a whole different way, beyond the sustaining of our physical life, that you sustain us and our life in you deepens as we take time, even moments in a day, to recognize you, to be with you, our loving God who is always, always with us. So I pray that for the rest of this day, that we are mindful of you, Lord, that we would pay attention, and that we would smile as we realize that the creator of the universe calls us friend. We love you, Lord. In your name, amen.